Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. I am chatting with a guest today called Beck. Beck, I'm not going to go pronouncing your last name. You can do that for me soon. But Beck is the owner of Lioness Performance, which is both online and has an HQ down in Berwick, Victoria. So first off, Beck, welcome. And please, how do I pronounce your last name? <laughs> it's Potterlidge, uh, also Potterlidge. known as Potterle Potato. It's whatever you want to take it as because <laughs> honestly, it. It, people try and they're just I'm like, just whatever comes out works. But yeah. it's potterage. Yeah. I was looking at it before. I'm like, nah, man, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> yeah, nah, it's, I love it. It's good. It just creates some humor. It's a really good conversation breaker. It's yeah. good. <laughs> so, Beck, to kick us off, what I would love to dive into, and just so the listeners know, Beck and I were just talking like nonstop before we got on this podcast. So, I think there's going to be heaps <laughs> to say, but. Can you just kick us off with like your story into like, how did you come about or come into strength training in the first place? Yeah. So my entry into strength training was actually very casual. Like I had always grown up playing sport, very heavily involved into netball, um, literally since the age of five. Like I played six, seven days a week. Um, It was literally everything. So when I got stuck into training, I pretty much, it was for the purpose of netball. So I was literally like, I need to get better at netball. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, and obviously they're trying to get stronger because I'm a short person. So I was like, well, I need to be fast. I need to be more powerful because height is not on my side. Um, so I just fell in love with training. And then like when I went through like 19, 20 or so, netball just got too much. I fell out of like I don't – I thought I would leave for a year and go back and I have never gone back. I'm like, no, I don't want to go back to it. Mm. Um, and then through that, I found training. I found the love for training. I obviously went through that phase of like, I did the Kayla It Signs. I did the, you know, the hit stuff. I did all of that. And then I came through the other end and just fell in love with strength training. Like I got involved in it with people around me, got involved in a really good community and have not looked back since. So it was always for generally like a love of training and being super competitive and wanting to be better. That's always where it's come from. Um, how old are you now? I am 23, 24 next Thursday. So, so, so young. I'm young. Yeah, I'm really young. (laughs) Um, So how many years have you been doing like structured strength programming training? Structured like the last three and a half, four years. So I went to strength culture when I was 20-ish. So yeah, I I think I was 20. Yeah, 20. So like three and a half, four. And then, yeah, prior to that, Jamie always tells me, who's my coach now from strength culture, he's like, you were exercising. Like, I thought it was structured training. You know what I'm basically, like, you're doing a program. I would always program myself with one of my best friends. Um, and it was it was programmed general training, gen, general training, sorry, mm. but with no big end goal or intention. So now I'd say it's more towards powerlifting side in the last three and a half years. Mm. There's some things I want to talk about in that one of them being like, how did you deal with like COVID lockdown training, all of that. But mm. in your um, entry into like working with Jamie, 
do you remember what your biggest struggles were at that time? Like if there was anything that was frustrating? Yeah, hundred percent. It was the lack of intention behind my training, mm-hmm. like going into training and like, Oh, what am I going to do today? There's no purpose behind this because growing up with netball or a competitive side, I always had something to compete for. Like I always had a bigger end goal to strive towards or, you know, it was always just a bigger end goal. Whereas with going in every day, no structure, it was like a lack of purpose behind training. So I was kind of like, just, you know, you ride, you ride the roller coaster, which you still do now with an end purpose. You still definitely ride the roller coaster with training, I feel, but it still has that really high, high and has, like you're going to have low training phases, but with an end goal of still like, I'm still working towards something. Mm-hmm. At that phase, I was just kind of like, I don't love training anymore. Like I had lost that love for training. So bringing that back really brought it back on. Mm-hmm. That's something I've been speaking about a little bit, which is this, like it is normal to ex- to experience these lulls in, in maybe is it desire or love or enjoyment of training? And it's, it's, it's so crazy. Like when I look back on the last, I don't know, five or so years, I reckon I would have spent more of that time kind of feeling a bit like in a lull, you know, and it's like, it serves a greater purpose for me. My really big underlying why is health long-term. Mm. Like I want to be someone who's 60, 70, 80, and I can still like mow the lawn and shit. Right. That's what That's I so want. Sick. Right. Yeah. hundred um, percent though. Yeah. I, I guess what about lockdown? Like, so, so had you done, yeah. What happened in lockdown for you? Did you have equipment? What was the game plan? Yeah. So strength culture actually gave out all their equipment to yeah. members, which is amazing because they have conspect equipment too so I brought a squat rack I scavenged the worst squat rack ever and it did the job um I got a Kmart bench and then literally like the barbells and the weight plates from strength culture which was amazing um and they restructured the program so I was lucky in that sense um but I experienced the highs and lows of COVID as well like no I feel like no matter how much equipment people had you still I still experienced the highs and lows to somebody that had to just go out and walk every single day. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just because I had, and sometimes you felt guilty. You're like, I should be so blessed. I'm so blessed right now. I've got equipment. I've got a program. I could still afford a program as well. Like all these things, but still you just have to let yourself sit with it and be like, I I don't even know when I'm going to compete next. So I don't even know when I can go in the gym next. So you just had to ride the highs and lows. So I definitely went through those and it was hard. Like, yeah, I think that we had to give ourselves credit for getting through that phase, but also not being hard on ourselves and being like, I have to feel grateful. Like, no, you're allowed to feel shit as well. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I was the same. So I'm definitely not a powerlifter. I did compete in in a novice comp, oh like an APU comp in That's 2020. Sick. Yeah. How'd man. you go? Did you um, go? I did good. I think I came. Oh, it's no point. Real. T- I, I hit. I hit two sixty two overall, and um, I'm like one hundred and fifty four centimeters, fifty four kilos at the time. So it wasn't too bad. But yeah. I just come out of that. That was in like Feb twenty twenty, and I think we went into lockdown. What well, I can't even remember now. Like May- March April maybe, and at the time. I wasn't sure, like, was I going to keep going with powerlifting? I still hadn't made this total transition into physique yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we were going to do, we we're going to go into a bit of a hype block to, you know, help and then come back maybe at the end of the year or the next year or whatever. Um, and then everything got thrown into lockdown. Similar to you, you know, I scavenged some stuff. I had a barbell. I had, I think, like 100 kilos worth of plates. I had a fucking rickety squat rack from, like, catch of the day. It was oh, dangerous. So yeah, they're so dangerous. Man, 
And I was really similar to you, especially being a coach because, and I don't know if you felt the same way, but I was like, I need to lead in this. Mm. Everyone is doing it worse than me. Like basically I was in a really good position. Everyone was doing it way worse than me. And it's, I felt like it was my responsibility to make sure that I was leading and showing what it can be like. Um, and that, you know, we hustle, we are resilient, we adapt and mm-hmm. it was also really important to show that it was shit too. So people can mm-hmm. feel like, fuck, this is terrible. Yeah, um, it's, and that's really important. Like as a coach as well, like we definitely, I think as a collective showed up and helped, mm-hmm. but it's also was challenging in regards to like feeling energetically depleted as well. Mm-hmm. Like taking mm-hmm. a lot of energy on from others and being like, I need to show up for these people. Mm-hmm. It was very much taken away from sometimes I need to show up for myself too. So that yeah. was really challenging as well Mm. what was your so had you just come out of competing as well had you had comps that were cancelled that you were going to do personally yeah so I'd actually only competed once Mm. prior to that and then I was training for junior nationals um which was occurring in March oh no it was it was a couple months after I was training towards it and then actually no I think it was March sorry and then it got pushed back and so during that you know, when that first lockdown happened, we're all like, you know, you know we were all, we were like, yeah, we'll be out in two months. It's fine. Um, so like literally we thought that we were training towards that. And then we went through that block and then it got extended and we're like, oh, okay. So it was just really challenging because the nationals got back and back and back. And it ended up like the last two years had literally been like two years of training for a comp that never happened. Mm. So it was, it was a lot. Is that what your mindset had been like over those two years of like, were you sort of in prep mode kind of the whole time, like thinking that any moment now I could be eight weeks out? Not necessarily the first year. I Mm. think when we got through that initial pushback, it was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Last year was definitely the year that we hit total burnout because that was when it was kind of like, you know, it was like it was almost like a positive scene where it was like, yeah, we're definitely going to get out of this. And then it was like, no, you're not. And it, every time it kind of felt like we were close and then we didn't get out. So last year was a constant battle to just con- like continue to compete. And like, I don't know, you know, if you've done like a powerlifting block, when you're towards the end of like in a comp prep, it's all singles and doubles and it's so taxing. So you end up doing singles and doubles for 12 months. Like you're, you can't do it anymore. You're like, I can't do singles and doubles anymore. Like it just was, you burnt out and bored pretty much. Mm-hmm. So that's why this year I'm like, it's not happening. Like I'm not putting myself in that situation. Not that I don't think it's going to happen again, but like I just wanted to spend time enjoying my training until the end of the year until I can compete again because I know I'll get more out of it as well. Mm. Did you have times mm. where you were like walking up to <laughs> the deadlift and like I can't look at another barbell? <laughs> I literally was like oh, I can't do this like and the like, the setting was so good but it was in my garage and my garage is like slightly on a slant as well oh, no. so it's a battle between I don't want to do this I don't want to lift that bar it's fucking twisted anyway so where do I pick it up from <laughs> like it was literally just so it was, yeah, it was a love-hate. Like some days it was your saviour and then some it was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, man, but, yeah. I totally agree. In terms of coaching, were you at that point coaching a bunch of women who were also looking to compete as well or was it more general strength training? It was a lot of general at that time. Yeah. So I hadn't, I actually wasn't working with anyone that wanted to compete from memory. Yeah. Um, it, during that year it was literally really about community and just making sure they had constant support constant communication um and just something to always like just something to do as an outlet for them like uh, the girls did amazing like they trained 
so hard. They did so, so well. We didn't do Zooms or anything like that. Our community is more in line with still personalised programs and doing what worked for them with what they had. Um, but they they showed up so much for themselves and each other. Mm-hmm. It was they, they got so strong during that period that they really didn't let it get to them, which was amazing. And, you know, they definitely had their days as well. But for an overall time period, they did, yeah, so, so well. Mm. I think as a coach it just showed me a lot of things too. Like you're saying the the resilience of these women. I had a bunch of clients with no equipment who who trained every single week. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they it was hard. Like I'm not trying to say it wasn't hard for them. They were really, really hard done by but you know I said to them man if you can do this you can run through a brick wall like this is as hard as it's ever going to get and you're doing amazing and the ones who were able to consistently train and even if it was you know a couple weeks off here and there when they got back into the gym they were shocked at how much um, some of them had improved their movement patterns like crazy so their strength progressions in those first like six weeks of coming back to the gym were just they were hitting pbs and it was because like I think sometimes we underestimate the the power of like you know, if you don't have any weight, you've just got to focus on a movement pattern and skill and making sure everything's absolutely perfect. And there is no chance for your ego to get in the way in those situations. Mm-hmm. So I think it really helped. Yeah, 100%. That was where our emphasis was as well. Where like, mm-hmm. if you can't lift anything, let's like, break it down. Like there's so much more we can work on. And we, and we had those discussions. Like some people, it was literally like, all right, let's, let's set a walking goal. Like just general lifestyle stuff. Like people, would, we were doing handstands at one stage. You're like, whatever works. Like, you know, whatever you can put your focus to, to put intention behind moving your body was a win. And they all came out with something new, something improved. And I think, yeah, that also taught them a lot now. Like they can go into their training sessions with a much stronger mindset or even day-to-day tasks. They're like, I've done this 10 times worse. I can do this easier. Because also those training sessions, they weren't just, you know, in a worse habitat or like with worse off equipment. They were energetically depleted. They were tired. They were sad. You know, shit was going on outside that training session, which we know has so much effect on just a general training session. So that multiplied. Now, it's, they can do so much more and they realize that. Mm, yeah, I absolutely agree. It's so funny when you said handstands because I went through a period of trying to do a headstand and I like ruined my shoulder trying to oh. do it and it ruined my bench. No, yeah. Headstands are so much fun. We got so good at handstands in COVID. You're like, what else do you do? There's like holes in the walls, yeah. broken necks, so whatever. What else we got done? Fire out. So funny. So good. Um, so I wanted to dive into uh, HQ a little bit, which is so fucking exciting for you. Um, yeah. Can you talk us through, I mean, it's not even just HQ, to be honest with you, but the whole um, sort of ethos behind Lioness performance, the gap in the market that you saw. Can you talk us through like the gap and then how you're feeling it? Yeah, amazing. Oh, this question's always so overwhelming. Yeah. I'm like, I could talk about <laughs> Take your time. So Honestly, take so your time. Ideas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so basically like our motto is pretty much building powerful women. And the way we want to do that is on all fronts of life. Like we obviously use strength training as our avenue to come across as more powerful or build strength within us. But we also know that comes from so many different avenues and HQ and, and our online platform is really a way for us to connect with women and one, create community so they can build off each other and learn from each other, but also to offer a space where they feel free and safe to come in and, you know, provide opportunities here that allows them to go out into everyday life and show up as a more powerful version of themselves. Like, yes, it starts with a barbell for us and that's our main concept, but in HQ it's allowed us to, you know, incorporate people like wellness coaches and meditation and give them a space where 
they're not maybe feeling comfortable to go out and go to a group meditation with an unfamiliar community. If we force, not force them, but provide that opportunity, they're like, oh, I, I feel safe to do that. Like we recently had a session with one of our girls, Ali, who um, run a group meditation. And some of the girls that came along were like, Beck, I would have never done that. And I've come here and I feel amazing, you know? So providing opportunities like that, but just really continuing to build on creating a community where powerful women show up in all avenues of life and just doing it together. Um, I guess HQ, what we do at HQ is, I hate saying group classes, but it, it is a group class. Like that's what we offer, but it's two coaches, very small groups, the emphasis on like squat, bench, deadlift, basic fundamentals of like powerlifting, strength training. But the gap here is like really giving women a like training, training plan, but like, you know, a program where they can go into training with intention, not having to feel like they're training like where I was, where I'm like, oh, what am I training towards? And going through the highs and lows where then you just kind of drop off with your training and, you know, not having a love for it or feeling like you need to train for another sense of purpose that is maybe body composition or a sense of punishment. It's always for a sense of like a greater good. And no matter what that is, like some people are body composition, but we're doing it in a way that's safe and educated and, you know, long-term for, for their life, you know, being healthier, being stronger. Um, so it's definitely filling that gap with that because I feel like we all struggle with training with intention because we don't even know, like a lot of females don't even know that strength training can be trained. It's like I have to train for an hour a day because that's what society tells me to do. I have to go do it. I have to go rock up to the gym. I have to get a gym membership because that's hot girl shit. That's what we do. Like that's what people do, you know. So this is like our sense is just to create a space where people like, oh, like, this is actually a hobby for me. I genuinely love waking up at 5 a.m. and going to train. Like, I am I am that person because I love doing it. It's, there's so much to it. I, I hope that gives you some sense. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. With So I, I hear that it definitely is helping with that um, direction and focus and intent and mm. avenue to, like you say, build p- powerful women through a barbell. I'm curious do any of the women that come to you, are, are any of them or many of them struggling with any sort of body image issues at all or not so much? Constantly. Hmm. I think, and it's all on different scales, you know, like some might just be like in certain phases of their life. It's it's actually so sad. Like it's so common. It's literally, it's just like the smallest things, the biggest things. But, yeah, like every single person to a degree. And I think that the really important thing is, being relatable with these people and knowing that like let's not be like super toxic positive and be like you're never going to have you know concerns about how you look for the rest of your life because we're going to continue to grow up with social media and societal pressures and people's comments and things around us that we're going to have whether it's a negative second or a negative day or a negative week we're all going to go through phases where we question how we look or how we feel and I think you know relating to that and understanding how we can control that and navigate that is the key importance of pushing through that rather than being like oh sister you look great like you know why are you feeling that and well no it's like you're going to experience that. Let's not pretend that we don't and let's work through it together. Mm. Is, uh, this is going to get real personal, so if you don't want to answer mm. it, just tell me to fuck off. But is it something <laughs> that you've ever – is it something you've ever struggled with or no? I have experienced it more on like, you know, like the butchiness side, like being a, like a stronger woman and being like typical to – like when you're in high school, like you get the comments from like males and like, oh, she's, like she's butchy or whatnot. And I, I am – so blessed that I'm like very easy to push things under the rug and whatnot. But I just think that like 
I have more empathy for people that go through that and I know the struggle that people experience it throughout day to day and I just wish it like I don't get it I see it like you know on like even like a racist level I, just, I don't personally get it I don't know how people can be mm-hmm. so disrespectful to people's bodies and how they look and their shape so I'm like mm-hmm. if we can create a space where that isn't even quite if someone said that like it's not it's not even a thing like it doesn't come out of anyone's mouth like what a safe space to create but yeah on a personal level like I've definitely experienced that and I definitely experienced those days where like you know I've, I've looked at doing when I went through like 18 19 bodybuilding comps and that came from a place of I need to change my body I went through times where I didn't want to go out with friends because I felt the pressure of I didn't want to drink and I didn't want to eat because it was going to make me put on weight so I experienced all those things and I definitely think it was in the heat of like 17 18 19 where you felt the societal pressures to go out and do these things but you were like I don't want to because I obviously always loved training as well like I don't want to impact my training I want to impact the way I look and I'm doing so well and then it's a very hard line to cross Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely on a personal level how do you manage that now because you're almost 24 and mm. you're, uh, you know, you've got a, an awesome business that you've created. You are personally training yourself. You know, you have your own strength goals. Um, and I get the feeling that you're, um, you like to be around people and somewhat of fairly social so what's what's your own personal mindset now in terms of like fuck I hate saying balance but like balancing everything yeah yeah it's hard isn't it I think it's literally like it's knowing that whatever I do isn't going to cause damage like nothing is damaging the things that I love and I value are not going to cause damage to me because I truly value them. If something is going out of my value system and I'm like, this doesn't feel right to me, then I'll be like, that's not creating balance. But I love going out. I love hanging out with my friends. I love socializing. Like I love connecting. I love eating. Like I love doing all these things. These make me happy. So if they make me happy, I'm not going to stop myself from doing them on the basis of how I look and how I feel because in the end it's always just going to be me. Like I should be the only one that cares about that and I think it's just working through the shit like if I'm experiencing something sit with that and and work through like what are the ways I can work through this what am I learning from this what is this offering me um it it chops and changes though like I will sit back in like a year's time and this my I'll be saying something different you know and I think that's why it's really valuable to sit with it and work through it and learn from every single experience but yeah if it if it's something that I enjoy and love like there is no reason for me to hold myself back from it because there's purpose for me Yeah. One of the biggest things you just said there is something that's been on my mind recently, which is like the evolution. And Mm. I think it is, I think we all should give ourselves a space to evolve and change. It's totally fine to change your mind. It's totally fine to have seasons. It's like, it's not even totally fine. You're going to have seasons where things change. I think um, one of the biggest things for the women that I work with is so like we were talking about off, um, off, off, off air, um, <laughs> was that I'm sort of like in a similar niche, but I'm more muscle hypertrophy, whereas you're a little bit more strength focused. So, you know, I do coach in aesthetics. Like I am, you know, it's part of what I'm coaching, but, um, I'm trying to come at it from a, like, let's get jacked, let's eat heaps yeah. f- to fuel performance. Let's get jacked. Let's enjoy that process of training to create and build rather than burn and tear down and blah, 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 blah. Right. So one of the biggest pieces for a lot of the women coming to me is education because 
what they've typically come from is what you were saying. You've come from too, you know, the Kayla It Science programs, the HIT sessions, the being worried about eating out and all those sorts of things. Like this is all going to totally ruin my progress. Um, and the other combination with the client that I have is she's a perfectionist, right? So if she's going to do something, it's going to be fucking perfect, right? Mm. So it's like, well, if I, you know, eat this one thing, then everything is ruined. Or if I stay out too late or if I have any alcohol, right? So I have to kind of bring them back. And I love what you said there with like the, the things that are valuable to you are always going to, you know, help you move forward. But I just wanted to know, did you find education to be an important component of that for you? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to backtrack and say just like one thing. Like, I feel like body composition goals have such a negative rap. Like we do nutrition as well. We work with girls that do body composition goals. And like if that is truly within what you value and you want to improve your life, fucking go for it. Like I feel like people are like, oh, there's such a negative rap around it. Like I feel like that's, yeah, like what you're doing is such an amazing thing. But, yeah, we all want to be empowered. Like I struggled with, you know, the, the whole term of like, that a word that's like empowerment, like how do you empower people? But it's education. Like empowerment is simply a cute little word for education because education literally is teaching us the lifelong skills to do what we want to do. If we can't be educated, like it's just such a big key because if we don't educate our like our ladies through what we're doing, they're going to walk away not knowing why we did what with them and they're going to just go back to what their old habits were. They're going to go back. They're not going to value it because they're not going to be like, you know, we use RPE for our intensity gauges for training. If we don't educate them about RPE, they're just going to, when they leave and they move forward, they're just going to go back into the gym and start maxing out every day because they don't understand the purpose of RPE and how it's going to long-term progress them and make them stronger and better athletes long-term because they don't know. So we need to educate to ensure that they can actually do these things long term for the rest of the life because that's the goal like it's the same with you like it's lifestyle stuff and education literally is empowerment it's not some fancy thing where you walk out one day and you're like oh I'm empowered from that program it's like no I just educated them they can do this stuff for the rest of their life now and they can go do it on their own and that's literally what it is that's one of the biggest problem I think facing our the women who come to to us and the mm-hmm. women in this space is they've done and I, I don't know if it's the rise of social media I'm not a I don't know what do you call them? Like social commentator, or I haven't done whatever the or the word is. <laughs> I can't even think of it. But where I don't know, even know, like socio cultural whatever bullshit history and fitness. I haven't done that shit. But yeah. um, <laughs> it's like we we've with the rise of the influencer, like the you know um, couple hundred thousand plus follower woman who you know a lot of that we know is like amazing genetics combined mm-hmm. with singular focus probably amazing business coaches and marketing to get to that that person to where they are, which a lot of, I think, our women, especially when they're starting, they see that, they really resonate with that. It's coming from a, well, I want to look like, look like her. It's usually, mm-hmm. I want to look like her without understanding everything that's going in the background. And, um, you know, I don't want to take anything away and I don't want to bash those people because I think so many people actually make amazing progress just looking at that. Like, so there is that, I'm, I can't say there's not. But with, without the education component, which I think some of those programs fall short on because they, well, they've typically in the last five years been like maybe more of a PDF mm. um, without that ongoing education or like, you know, what is it like and share my, the upper day I did today? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. what? <laughs> there's, there's no. It's so true. <laughs> it's like why people churn through programs. Like mm. it's, they're churning through them looking for the next best thing because mm. 
whatever like, they're like oh what's next or what's this or mm. this one didn't work for me and this one worked for me but then I rebound and it's like yeah because it did teach you the skills that you needed to do to like for the rest of your life so yeah these mm. these programs I think like anything if it gets people moving like yeah whatever right but like it, it's good but long term for a, like for a greater sense of purpose there's there's got to be more mm. for sure and yeah genetics is it's, it's one of those things like you don't want to butcher people like 100% know like these people are killing the game yeah. right but like their genetics are definitely something that can rob people of results if that's what they're buying into mm. and you know education comes into that too because once you start to understand and learn you're like oh okay you know what like I've hit the genetic lottery with my quads or like whatever. And I can see that that influence has hit the genetic lottery with being able to, you know, maintain leanness, or I know that she's taking drugs. Like I know this, it's cool. It's fine. You know, she can do her. Maybe I want to in the future. Like, I don't know, but I just know that that's what it is. I don't think it's as a result of, well, it must be this special glute movement or this program that she's established. Like it, we, we know that with the education. I think that's exactly what you're saying with the empowerment piece. Yeah, education <laughs> is, it, it makes, yeah, it's everything. It's literally everything. I can't even put it past it. Education is literally the key for people to just get long-term results. It's, yeah, it is the foundation of absolutely everything. I, I say a lot to my women and I know I've, I've just, you know, heard it really come out of your mouth basically as well is like how important that is for longevity and sustainability too, because we have to be real, like as a coach and even, even maybe as a community, people are going to move in and move out. There's going to be phases over the course of their life. Like I say to my women, you might be training from 20 till 70 years old, like who knows, like you could be training for decades, right? Um, and I think there's also an element of experiencing shit yourself to be able to integrate and move through it, which I think is really important. It's like, you know, I can say a whole lot of things about carbs aren't bad and you can eat heaps, you can eat in a surplus, blah, 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 like gaining fat, it's not a big deal, but it's going to be a big deal to the person. I think if it's maybe like a a key issue for them. I don't want to say trauma, but like a, a bit of a trauma for them. Yeah. If they have any experience that they can hear it, but they're going to have to experience it. And I think that this is where, you know, there is, there is a little bit of ownership or responsibility on each individual to go, you know, well, I can see that this is maybe a, a cliff that I need to jump off right now. I found a supportive community. I found a whole lot of this education. It makes logical sense to me as to why this is my next step. So for example, just letting go of the need to diet, like maybe that's the person's next step. Um, and I think this is where community and support can come in so much because it's like, you know what, you see other women who aren't dieting anymore, who are at maintenance, who are focusing on you know, um, strength training or whatever it may be. And it's like, fuck, I've got all these now really healthy examples of women who are kind of leading the way. So mm. I think there is that importance of creating that space for women to have a shot at them themselves. And I, it seems like, you know, definitely with your HQ, um, physically being in person, I mean, you were talking about it with the meditation before, just giving them, expanding their idea of mm. what's possible. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I had a thought and it's gone out of my brain now. <laughs> I was just like, yes, I got it. Yeah, like it was. Hopefully it'll come back something. soon. Yeah, it'll come back soon. But, yeah, it's literally, um, oh, I've lost it and it was so good. I was like, you're. Yeah, it'll it'll come back. I I actually wanted to ask you though, with the mm. the branching into like the meditation kind of work, um, mm. 
I don't know about you, dude. When I first started um, coming to the personal training space, wasn't my initial career, right? And initially, all I'm thinking is like training nutrition, right? And then you start, like I started on the gym floor. I was on the gym floor. When did I finish? I only finished at the end of last year. So I think I did that for like five years, right? So I was on the gym floor Mm -hmm. for a long time Um, or five years. (laughs) Um, It's a long time. (laughs) And um, I was just like, shit, man. (laughs) Like I have 30 minutes with the person maybe once or twice a week. There's all this stuff going on in their life. You get to know a person really, really well, spending that much time with them. But I realized it's not just, well, here are your exercises, here's your food, do it. There are all of these things happening in the background. Um, And so I started to realize, well, I need to read some books. I need to up-level. I need to get my own mindset coaches so I can understand what it looks like to support people um, in an extra way because these conversations come up on the gym floor about, you know, I'm getting a divorce. My job just fired me. I don't know if my partner's cheating on me. I am having these troubles with body image. And it's like – in terms of diving into, I guess, a bit of a more holistic route, like, did you see the need for it? Where did the need for that come from? Yeah, 100%. I always say that we're, like, super poorly underqualified yeah. psychologists. Yeah. That, like, that's a massive element that so many coaches are missing. And I think especially new to the industry, it's such a key thing because we are, like, sometimes we are these only people's, like, support that it's just that one person that they can really you know talk to because sometimes they can't even talk to their friends about certain things you know so we're that person that's like a figure what they look up to and they can speak to and just break down to so a hundred percent and I just think that like we've all no matter what have got stuff going on and if there's a space that we can create to just to somehow offer support for these people like you've got to do it but yeah it's massive I, I totally feel that like we speak to people about I like I always say like, I know my girls more than I know myself sometimes I'm like I know everything about them and that, I mean I absolutely love that I think that's the best like I connect with them so so well and I think it's that relatability and forming that connection which then creates a mutual respect to allow you to both grow together too um but yeah there's definitely like yeah they, they need that support on all levels so with the Lioness performance, you guys have um, some meditation lined up. Is is that going to expand into anything else or what's this? What's what's happening at the moment for you guys? Yeah, of course. So with HQ, like we have um, like a holistic program that we've implemented. So we've done, we've actually done two things. We have like our general, like what's going on in HQ 24-7. Yep. We then have an outsourced coaching block because – we know that that like we obviously we're pros at strength, right? Um, but we can't teach people how to do specific running techniques or dancing or yoga or whatnot. So outsource coaching blocks is something that we are going to interchange with holistic program blocks where um, like on a Wednesday, which is our quieter day, um, where we get an outsource coaching. So whether that's a running coach and it provides an opportunity for the ladies to then, if they are I've always wanted to be like, we have girls in here that do strength training too benefit their running right they can have that opportunity to work with someone or you know me Ness and Em, my other two coaches they we did dancing together once and like that was something so empowering and fun for us mind you I sucked but it was so much fun and I'm like our girls won't go out like well not some you know speaking as a general sense no we're not all going to go out and put ourselves in those situations because it's scary so like us doing this means that we're doing such a fun thing together and growing and expanding and it offers us so much more than just a dance class so that's that 
our source coaching pot, but the the holistic ones, um, they're you know working with different people. So right now we're working with Ali, and honestly, like our original intention was to work with a new coach. You know, every like get a coaching for a seminar mm-hmm. once every four weeks to talk about different things. Like we were saying earlier, we had Laura Grady in for a meditation one time, and that was absolutely amazing. But since forming a relationship with Ali and seeing her impact on the girls, I have no intention to get her out anytime soon. I think that she just connects with the ladies so so well and having her long-term and having this safe space with one lady would be really awesome. So, and Ali's not in any rush either. So it'll be really cool to have her. But yeah, so what we do is like, she's teaching a lot of the girls about like chakras and shadows, really delving into. So we actually called it intro to self-discovery with the sessions with Ali because we didn't want to just call it meditation because, um, you know, there's so much more to that. So just Mm -hmm. some of the girls had never even heard about a chakra or certain things. Like I personally didn't know much about it until Ali came along and Mm -hmm. explained it to me. So it's just, you know, offering education about that and education about meditation and how simple it can be. And it doesn't need to be this woohoo kind of thing. And we definitely want to expand it into the community more, like Mm -hmm. implementing it into classes. Like a big goal for us is to kind of figure out our time so that way we can make Mondays where our two classes cross over that middle section to be just a group two-minute meditation together. Mm. They're there, let's do it, you know, and integrate all these things, like just simple like affirmations in the gym and just creating things that are what sometimes we tell ourselves we're not tell ourselves we're not going to do, but we can go ahead and do it in this space because it's upon us and it's in a community where we're like, this is safe for us to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Out of curiosity, over the years, have you dabbled in any meditation yourself? Any um, have you had like mindset coaches or um, done any journaling? Like what what resonates with you personally? Yeah, no, I actually am like really heavily influenced by Emily and Vanessa, which I am super blessed by. So Emily and Vanessa are like super into you know the journaling, the mindset work. They've worked with a lot of coaches, done a lot of spiritual work as well. So having them is also my avenue for growth as well because mm. they introduce me to a lot of things and educate me and mm. encourage me to go about that. Mm. Um, I have definitely dabbled in meditation. Like I go through phases where it is something that I consistently do, and then things that any other human I drop off with. Mm. Um, since having Ali back, it's much more consistent, which is awesome. Uh, and then obviously, like, you know, sessions with Laura, I, it increases and then it slowly drops off and all this kind of stuff. Um, I have done a course with my business coach. And it's interesting because my business coach um, wrote, she it's so she dives into business, but then she has such a shock. She taught me so much in regards to mindset work and understanding myself better and you know a big thing for me when I went to her was I always struggled with making really rapid decisions like I would dive in super fast um and then I would turn around a week later and be like oh no why have I done that so like the processes behind that and how I can navigate that so courses with her um I currently work with a one-on-one mindset coach who is amazing as well and then um I actually just signed with a new course with Laura, her new course that she dropped last night. So I dabble in things here and there, a lot of reading, a lot of podcasting, like all this kind of stuff. But I think it's just like I really, really grasp onto any situation that I can when it comes to learning from other people. So like just a general conversation. Like I, I would not have been in the position that I am in today if it wasn't for deeply understanding conversations that I have with my clients because I sometimes like, I'm a health and fitness coach. Like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I work with lawyers, psychologists, like, in, like investigators that are super high up. They are like, they're the real shit, you know, like nurses, paramedics that have gone through what they've gone through in the last two years. 
they are the ones that teach me the most. I think there's so much value in people that don't utilize the platform that we do. Like these people love this platform, right? They talk and they go ahead and do these things, but there's so much value in just everything that we come across. Yeah, man. I I completely agree with everything that you've said. I have always had some kind of mentor or another, sometimes two at the same time. It's so, so valuable. This is for any coaches who are listening specifically, like absolutely valuable. And same with you. I I like to look outside the, the fitness industry as well for learnings to take away. And it was the last two days, what has really dawned on me is how all of these lessons, like there's so many lessons I learned in terms of like just my, my own like body image journey because I guess that was the standout thing for me but then in you know even like prepping for a powerlifting comp the the, like kind of the grit that you you know that that Mm. takes and getting up on a platform for a first time in front of heaps of people you know that's nerve-wracking being able to deal with that and it's like there's so many lessons in other niches that we can apply to this but then all of the lessons that we apply to this then can then in turn be applied to all of that. And I think like you said at the start of this podcast, maybe when we're off air, it's like the the women that you're helping build powerful women, you said, you know, it it leaks into all of the rest of their life. And it's, it's sort of giving me warm and fuzzy feelings at the moment just to think of this sort of like constant exchange of skills and growth and evolution that we're all experiencing and this gets to be just another part in in our evolution as women. Mm, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And like everything, like you said, leaks into everything. Like we we learn so much more. Like I've learned so much more from like just dealing with clients than I have with doing educational courses. It's like when you say to someone, like I want to get in the fitness industry, like just smack out your cert three and four, get it done, and just start working because that's where you're going to learn. And it's because you're on the floor, you're edge, like you're communicating, you're learning from people. Like you're always going to learn more just from listening and being with other people than just sometimes sitting and well, it's like reading a book. You're learning from somebody else. Like it's it's we're always learning from other people. So yeah, and yeah, it connects with absolutely everything. Mm. Yeah, and that just diving in and doing the best and then not being afraid like you've done to refer out definitely to other qualified specialists and to start to build a network of like everything. Um, you know, that I just literally last week I referred a client out to a, a friend of mine, a counselor who deals specifically with body image. Cause it's like, mm. there's only, you know, I can't, I'm not specifically qualified to deal with that stuff. There's only so much I can do. And, mm. um, we, you know, I think to help our clients get the best possible results, it's like, let's just create a, a big network of um, men or women who have expertise in those particular areas that we can use and, and help them to improve their results. Mm. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. It's so good to network and create connections with people that are in certain fields like like you said we are low-key undergraduated mm. sorry underqualified mm. psychologists and we get like you know I like we're blessed that we get to work with so many people and they feel safe to communicate with us but sometimes when you get a situation like I need to refer this out it's so challenging to be like well I want to make sure I'm referring out to the right people so networking creating relationships with people that are like amazing at what they do is just so good and you know sometimes life is already as hard as it is like it's so frustrating when you have to go through multiple different people to get the right answer to feel trust and support Mm. so having these connections for us Mm. is so important yeah and I think too as a coach like if you're a coach and you're listening to this 
you know, don't be afraid to do these things yourself. Like if you want to find, say, a mindset coach for your women, sign up with someone and test it out yourself. Like my, um, the osteo that I recommend, I've seen him multiple times. He's helped me and I can confidently recommend him to everyone because Mm. I've spent time with him. Um, Same thing with my counseling friend. You know, I've been friends with her for like six years. I know her really well. It's really important. And I think as a coach, never be afraid, like, to continually, you know, refer where you think that there is going to be an expert, your clients will thank you for it. There, yeah. nothing's bad's going to happen. No, their life is literally just yeah. going to improve. Yeah. Like it's you, yeah. you've got to refer out. Like there's people that are experts in these areas for a reason. Yeah. We have to use them. Yeah, yeah. Hey, to finish off, I've got a. a I don't know if this is a funny question to ask. <laughs> it's maybe it's not that funny. So <laughs> when I was. I, just before I decided to compete in that powerlifting comp, I was struggling with what I called squat-zidy. I was having mm. heaps of <laughs> was having heaps of trouble squatting and it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. Um, and, look, to some degree the, the prep sort of forced me to deal with it. Yeah. But it came back straight after and I have it now. And I have seen that I think you might have had something similar. So can you talk us through that? I have the exact same thing. And I am the worst for this because I literally tell my coach, I'm like, I don't know why I have it because I see people squat in the gym every single day. And I'm like, sis, why are you stressing? Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Put the safety bars up. You you dip down. You can't lift it up. You're just going to put it on the safety bars. Like, there is literally nothing wrong with you failing a squat. Like, it's safe. It's fine. So... I literally don't know what it is. I, when I first started powerlifting, my squat was great. Like I like had so much faith and trust in my squat. And then since then, I have literally improved my squat but since by two and a half kilos. I'm like, oh, my golly gosh, what is going on? And it, it's just one of those things. I think it's a mental thing. I think it's the fact of like if I get down there, I can't get up. But it's like deadlift, you're just ripping it from the floor. It's like, no, nah, you can't get it up. It's fine. Bench press. I don't know, but I think some people get some general anxiety about bench press, but you've got to spot it right over you. But I feel like it's it's still, yeah, something I'm so working through because I'm like, I, even today, like I've squatted before this and I was like, I hit a massive number. I was like, like that's so sick. But I knew like my RPEs were meant to be the same for set two, three, and four, but I increased the weight slightly up because I didn't trust myself earlier. I'm like, nah, that just goes to show you, Beck, you're being silly. Like yeah. It's just one of those things, right? Like squats, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I'll... I'll hit you up once I tackle it and I'll give you some advice. Dude, I'm mine's mine's horrible. So I literally shake. You can mm. see me in my videos, shake my legs are shaking. It's up it's just phenomenal. I don't understand it. And I feel like I my brain tells me you're gonna like fly forward. And I'm oh. like, it's not even possible. There's rats no. in the way. Yeah. Do you know what? Like, I'm going to take it back to like where safe, which is like business <laughs> understanding and what I would do in a business situation where I'm like constantly going to a point where I'm like, I'm too scared to go for that. It's too scared. It's like getting a pen and paper out. I'm, I'm going to do this with my squats too. We should do it collectively and share answers. We can literally get a bit of paper out and just write squats and write like what every single possible thing that could possibly go wrong in your squad and then you have to write an answer as said if that goes wrong what's my solution right like if you're going to fall over they're written on paper your solution is it's going to bounce into the racks and I'm going to be fine like that is literally the worst outcome of you failing the squad and now even me I'm like oh okay objectively that is actually fine like we just need to write the, the, every single thing it's like with every big decision I'm always like all right 
I go as wild as it possibly can be. It's like with this factory, it's like, okay, what's the worst possible outcome of me leasing this? It's like, you know, it. I leave the toaster on and it absolutely burns down and I can't get the money back. And it's like, well, what's the worst possible outcome of that? And then you the chef to list down everything that you have to do and you're like, can I live with that? Like, yeah, I can fucking live with that. So you carry on. You know what I mean? So yeah. you've got to do it with squats as well. I fucking love that. I'm not saying you like if you leave the everything. toaster on. <laughs> Something I would do. So it's like you're literally just going to think about all the things. Like And like people are like, that's so negative. It's like, no, you're subjectively putting your thoughts down and then you can look at it with an objective lens and you're like, okay, everything that I was super anxious about or going into my squat and absolutely shitting my dacks about, it's like I'm just being so silly, so, so silly. Yeah. Get free spotters on. Like call upon people. Just do it. You just got to get it like once. <laughs> uh, I'm Gemma. I don't think I do a squat now. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think it's squat – Squats are weird. They're weird. It's so funny. Once my coach, um, I was I was warming up. This is years ago. I was warming up. Mm. He wasn't training me at the time. We were both on the gym floor. And I I don't know where I was in the squat, but he came up behind me, put his hand on the barbell and shoved me down into, oh <laughs> into the safeties to be no like, wonder. see? He was like, see, it's fine. Oh, I was going to say, no one here was scared. No, 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 no. Yeah, this yeah. was during, it was like exposure oh. theory or whatever. You just shoved it down. You're like, what's going on? But yeah. it was so funny because a lot of people obviously in the gym didn't know that it was my coach. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone like, was like, are you okay? Yeah, it's actually so good. It literally sounds like something I would do. Uh, maybe so I should get one of the girls to do that to me. Like, can you just, maybe you just need to do it with a bar. Like, set the safety bars up, fail with the bar, see what it feels like, and then... To be, like, to be fair to him, it was like 30 kilos. It wasn't well, like a – it wasn't like a – it was very it was very safe, but it was so funny. And he was like, see, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, at least that showed you. It's still, yeah, crazy. Um, but I'm really lucky at the moment. I don't have any squats anywhere in my program. It's all leg press, hack press. Oh, that's fine. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's great. Yeah, literally, though, that's, I, like, I don't need to be squatting right now really, but I'm like it's the fact that if I take it out, I'm going to have to work through that close to the comp. So I'm like, keep squats in. Yeah, man. Because yeah. Um, I even said to my coach, I'm like, do a new block next week. I'm like, squat me twice. Like, my body can handle it. It's I'm feeling really confident with them at the moment. Let's mm. just get more exposure. Mm. Yeah. So, um, mm. Are you competing at the end of the year or? Yeah, I intend to. So I, I intend to just keep, because with the gym opening and everything being so busy, I'm actually really loving. The training's flying at the moment. I think just with the new space and vibes being high, it's good. So um, I intend to just keep building for the next, you know, at least three, four, five, you know, months and then look right towards the end of the year, like, you know, November, December to lock one in because, uh, yeah, I just want to like last year, like I said earlier, just really gassed me out. So I really just want to go into this comp with, you know, good intentions and just really have a really, really good comp because, hmm. yeah, it's it's been a challenging few years trying to train and just mm. compete. It's just too much. Yeah, yeah, super exciting. Mm. Well, thank you yeah. so much for jumping on. I've loved having you. So the lovely humans can find you. Where are the best places that people can find you? Uh, either my personal Instagram or Lioness's Instagram. So Beck Pottledge, if you can spell it, and <laughs> Lioness Performance. Amazing. Thanks so much, Beck. And guys, if you resonated with this, as always, please, 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 I always say go give it a like, but can you screenshot, tag us and share it on your stories? We would absolutely love that. And that is it from us. And I will speak to you guys next week.